Great. And we're live. Hi, and welcome to Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond. And today I am here with musician and Instagram model Nick Van, who has the album Magnificent Obsession out now. How are you doing today, Sexy? Great. How are you? I am good. Nice. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You're welcome, of course. So glad that we can finally do this. Nick is not the guest that I've taken the longest time to get on. <laughs> I'm juggling a lot of projects and things. Yeah. Of course, always. So um, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Michigan. Um, was there until I was 18 and then moved to Chicago. And um, I've been in Chicago ever since, traveling around, doing some other things. But Chicago has been home for a while. So Midwest boy at heart. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I am, I might be getting, well, nah, it's not really the Midwest, but I'm thinking I'm tired of being, um, I've, I live in Florida now. I've lived in Florida my whole life. I'm tired of it. So yeah. I'm thinking, so yeah. I'm thinking like, everyone thinks I'm crazy when I say this, but I'm actually thinking about moving to Detroit. Yeah, let's, I, we can swap and I can go somewhere warm and you can, <laughs> you can do the winters for me now. Because everyone's like, it's dangerous in Detroit. I'm like, have you been in America in 2023? It's dangerous everywhere. And Detroit's a beautiful city. I love, that was the first big city I went to when I was growing up. And it, yeah. you know, it's a beautiful city that's got a lot of history. And it's, it's exciting to see that it's having a resurgence uh, in the past few years. And, so, and it, yeah, not such a bad choice. No, and it's a music city. Like, that's that's why I'm like, I the thing, my thing is, I want to put out an album. That's like my main thing to do in 2024. As I say, I have the whole album written. I just, I have all my beats made. I literally just need to get in the studio and record. <laughs> I figure like Detroit would be like a great place to do that. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of uh, DIYers and people you know, kind of doing the same thing up there. And there's a lot of opportunities when a city doesn't have, when a, a city's kind of like on the out, things are cheaper, rent is cheaper, and you can kind of like allow yourself um, time to, to craft uh, new projects and new ideas. That's why I said Detroit. Everyone's like, why? I'm like, because it's cheap. Yeah. It's, it's literally like prices for Detroit or what I used to live in Orlando. And like what I was, when I lived in Orlando, that's what prices are in Detroit now like what I was paying four or five years ago. And I'm like, why wouldn't I? Yeah, allow yourself the opportunity and, you know, take advantage of that, all that infrastructure and all that there. Um, when I yeah. see a place like that, yeah, it has a lot of potential. So it could kind of be anything in the future. And that's exciting. Exactly. So what was it like for you growing up as a kid? I grew up in a pretty standard family. My parents got divorced pretty young, um, but pretty standard, like big Midwest family, um, had a lot of cousins, um, brothers and sisters. Um, so there were always people to hang around with and things going on. Um, went through and finished like high school in Michigan and uh, they kind of was, was ready to move on, was ready to do something. Um, it was a pretty, you know, straight laced Midwest town and kind of culture that I came from. Um, and from kind of like a Catholic background. Uh, so it, Same I, here. I was ready to, to, to expand and to explore some new things and kind of find myself. 
uh, since I couldn't really see my finding myself there. Exactly. <laughs> my religious upbringing has to do with this next question. So what was it like for you coming out? <laughs> um, it wasn't so bad, fortunately. Um, but I kind of played played the line a little bit and didn't really come out officially or right away. Um, I just kind of started to explore myself when I was in a trusted group of friends um, and felt like that was a safe place to just kind of start to be myself. And then when I moved to the city at 18, you know, I was able to, to totally, you know, transfigurate myself into a new person. And then, you know, then a person that had no problem with um, expressing their femininity or their sexuality or anything like that. Yes. Um, so moving to the city on my own was very liberating. Um, that was my coming out, essentially. I love that. I would love to say, okay, so I will say this. Mine was a little bit chaotic. Family was not the issue. So I say in some ways I was fortunate because I only had to come out to one parent because I came out um, four months after my mom died. So it's just having to come out to my dad and then I, like, I have an older sister. That part was easy. Coming out to the family was easy. I came out to a youth minister at the church, which is a mistake. That one seems like it'd be a little harder. Yeah. I told him about this performance idea I had with a knife and how I'd practice stabbing myself because I'm dramatic, obviously. <laughs> and so he left the room. He came back in about 10 minutes later. He said, you have one of two options. Either you're coming with me or I'm calling the cops. Wow. So... <laughs> In hindsight, I would have let him call the cops now because if I had known what he was going to do, that would have been the smarter choice. So I went with him to get a psyche valve. I passed it. They had told me I passed it, but he went around to all the people who had given me the exam and lied to them. And as a result, I got locked in a mental institution for 64 hours. Ugh. I mean, I'm sure that had a lot that weighed a lot when you were trying to, you know, express yourself and, you know, within your trusted community that you had and then yeah. be kind of like, you know, thrown in jail essentially, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a friend that went through something a little like that. And I think, uh, I think people don't, don't understand and don't know what to do. And when it's considered like a mental disorder just to be queer it's thankfully these days seems like in in our western culture a little crazy in, in itself so yeah i mean it was totally because like this is the thing it was totally because i was queer because like all of a sudden once i met with him later that was off the table but he still met with me and a priest who set me up with this therapist to try and pray the gay away yeah, I went through something similar like that with uh, with uh, church uh, church staff members, and uh, being asked where uh, where on the doll is the right you know what do you like on this doll? Do you like this doll or do you like this doll? And the whole thing was a mess. It was just a confusing mess growing up, trying to like figure out who you are as a human, let alone you know a special human in a in a small community of you know straight people that don't understand this at all 
don't understand that there's been like decades of queer culture, you know, that right. wasn't around. And what they don't understand is like, all that that does is when we finally like get out on our own and rebel or and get out on our own, we just rebel even harder. Cause like, it's just like, Oh yeah. Fuck you. Like even like, I yeah. was, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sleeping with drug addicts. Like, yeah, just yeah, you just make a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. You don't have anyone, any guidance. Yeah. work so who are some of your musical inspirations um i have a lot i have a very eclectic uh musical taste but going back going way way back i was kind of raised on like classic rock and roll that's what both of my parents growing up listened to that's kind of what i was exposed to when i was younger and i i remember hating it at the time bands like led zeppelin and you know super huge amazing acts but you know, at the time it was dad music. So I was lucky to have that kind of like musical upbringing in the background while at the same time, some of my first favorite artists were people like Madonna and Cher and Celine Dion, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, all the pop queens, all the divas. Of course. Um, I even remember having um, Madonna's Immaculate Conception on cassette tape and I listened to it over and over and over again. I just had all of her hits on it wow yeah madonna was one that was introduced my mom actually introduced me to madonna she she okay this is how i explained it i got introduced to early madonna and like ray of light on and then i got skipped pretty much the 90s because like now as an adult i know why because my mom thought erotica was inappropriate for me to view as a child which she wasn't wrong about <laughs> but like on yeah, on cassette tape, I remember that. And I had a, a Celine Dion single on cassette tape, and it was the one with the music video where she was in this castle and there were like billowy curtains and it was super dramatic and super orchestral and <laughs> really, really gay. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I love that one, yeah. Um, I'm just... I, I find it strange that I have, I was attracted to all these like really established like queer queen icons growing up Cher was instantly one of my favorites oh of course I love Cher like and I I mean her music's great the costumes the production everything how could you not love it you know as yeah. a kid I mean yes and like even now tis the season Cher has a Christmas album probably like oh yeah we put the tree up to it yeah I'm like <laughs> It's funny. Um, it's funny. It's silly. Yeah, it's not really like a traditional Christmas album, but it's Cher. Like nobody should have expected. Yeah. Yeah. It's but like, it's great that she's still doing that shit. Yeah. It's like when Gaga put out a Christmas single, nobody should have expected that it was going to be like traditional. I love Gaga. Gaga is like my favorite artist of all time. Big fan of Gaga. Yeah. 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 Of course. Um, Speaking of Christmas albums, yeah, this the Sia Christmas album. I was looking for Christmas music to listen to, and and her album on Spotify has just hundreds and millions of streams. I find it absolutely crazy, and I digged into it a little bit. And her musicality and those creating like Christmas songs that feel traditional and like 
like they've been there all along, but they're all brand new stuff. It was it's wild. Work. It's wild, kind of what she what she can do um, musically. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of a recent fan of her too, of Sia. Yeah, but I will okay. I will have to say, Spotify streams are great. As an independent artist, I'm someone who always says, like, if you only care about Spotify streams as an artist, you're not an artist. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you can't get hooked up on that. But I just, I couldn't ignore that some of them had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I, we're just... I, and I was like, I've never heard any of these songs before. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, yeah. So, so what's your songwriting process like? Um, it can vary. Um, and I haven't. Um, been working on anything new since I put this new EP out earlier this year. I kind of focused on some promotion and finishing up some music yeah. videos I had for it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to know the answer to that question because I want to get back to writing again. And the hardest part is starting from nothing where I have no little musical ideas or anything to, to build upon. Right. right now I'm at a blank slate, don't know what to do. I'm a little out of practice. So um, I'm going to have to figure that out. But normally I will uh, be tinkering around normally on piano. Um, I will start kind of like the chord structure of a song. Um, if I uh, hear a chord progression that, that really moves me in a song, I'll try to figure out what that is. Um, and then I can build a song based off of maybe I'll be riffing on that for a little bit on the keyboard and then maybe something will come to me and I'll come up with a little like hook or like a little riff and I'll jot that down and kind of just build things and that usually is what comes first to me is kind of like a chorus section a chord structure um, musically and then um, a, an idea a line um, some sort of phrase that I'm like yeah that's it and usually yeah. And usually that's just me vamping on whatever chord progression that is until I find it. And then once once a couple of those start to click, then it gets a lot easier for me to go, oh, okay, we almost have a song here now. All we have to do is just write the verses. Like, that's nothing. Like, it's all about the hook and the chorus and the chord progression. Exactly. Um, so then you can have a little bit more liberation um, figuring out um, your verses and all of that other details. Um, and then once I kind of get that, I'll figure it out. And I'm like, okay, we're ready to like put this into Pro Tools and we're really ready to start building this into a yeah. song. And then that's when you can start to play with, oh, do I want this to be a piano or does it sound cooler as a marimba or a synthesizer? Um, once I get some of that stuff all built in together um, in Pro Tools, um, usually then i'll start to play around with guitar and i'll start to think of some like maybe some rhythm guitar to put in or like a little solo as i'm like playing along with it um and i know i'm on onto good something good when i am working on a song and i want to play it again and i want to listen to it again and i'm like oh that was cool okay let's do that again so as the more excited and more momentum i get built within a song the easier it is to get finished but it's really hard to start from square one, especially from scratch, like I'm doing right now. Right. Um, usually starts with a progression and then that little idea that like inspires me to keep going with it, that I'm onto something. Well, see, it's good that you're like at that blank slate part. Like literally, I've interviewed somebody recently. It's actually somebody that um at least you follow. I don't know if you know them. Um, 
His name is Milo. Milo? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I know you follow each other, but anyway, he's uh, like, he, he just got done, like, he just got done making an album, and then all of a sudden he's like, when I interviewed him, like, right before Thanksgiving, he's like, I'm on to working on new stuff. I'm like, oh, you just got done finishing a fucking album, and you're already, like, starting the next process, but I'm like, that to me seems crazy. I respect that in a way that if you, if you have unfinished ideas and you have that momentum, yeah. um, it's easier to just keep working, and I, I tend to like to work that way. Um, but you know, life gets in the way and other projects and other things right. get in the way. And that's kind of what happens to me at this part of this year, but like coming into the winter season and into the holidays, I will have some, uh, some time to actually to, to focus and to start writing again. That's where it all starts, obviously. See, I, well, obviously, as I said, I have an album written, so like that part's dumb, but I literally just, I finished a song this morning. Like I had started writing it and then like, it's kind of a diss track. So I have to be like in the mood to make that. And then like, all of a sudden I got this lyrics, like it's written about a particular person. I got this lyrics, like you're as like fake as your bleach blonde hair. And I'm like, there we go. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the hook. Or yeah. like, once you the bridge. I'm like, <laughs> once you get something like that, then you're like, okay, yeah. 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 All right. This is now I know what the song is going to be because a lot of times it's kind of sits there and I don't know, I could go with a slow song or I could make it, I could make the lyrics really punchy and really aggressive on this, over this melancholy thing or, but usually, yeah, it just takes that like one piece where you're like, okay, now I know what to do. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I knew I had to finish it. Cause it's like, this is going to be, I literally had the title almost from the like beginning of this writing the song the title of the song is called fake narcissist and i literally had like that i'm like okay that's my starting point so now all i have to do is just imagine what that's it's not even imagine it's like you know what you think of this person just go ahead and put it in the song and don't care if you're ruthless and like a shark because that's what writing music's about yeah i don't all i don't always think that way by the way no, but if the song calls for it, then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of times I think a, a title or just one one thing will go, okay, that's it. Yeah. Or um, and for instance, naming this EP um, that I just finished this year, Magnificent Obsession. I don't I don't know where, I, I don't know if I read that phrase in a book or something, but I remembered it and it stuck. And I was like, that sounds like the vibe that this album represents. And I'm like, that's it that's it and when you have those little clicks of ideas that's, yeah. that's like the magic totally so who would be your dream artist to collaborate with and dream artist to collaborate with yeah i mean i i would want to do a lot of different things with a lot of different people but i think one of my big inspirations for the longest time has been bjork and to to <sighs> As, as as starstruck and intimidated as I would be by her and feel like an outsider, um, you know, what she does visually and all, like which the collabs she's done with Arca have been so super cool and have kind of like fed up, both of them have fed off of each other. And I really like that energy of working with an artist that um, is doing it for, for the art, to make the thing, to do the work. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because like, 
I love Bjork. Bjork's like most of the time like out of her fucking mind, and that's what I kind of like. Her last album would... was uh, was pretty hard to to get into, um, but it was. I mean, she's doing interesting, weird shit that nobody else. Yeah. She's she's has that ultimate like punk. I don't give a fuck attitude. I'll do whatever. Exactly. I want to make an album about fungus and mushrooms and mycelium and use a bunch of bassoons and clarinets in the whole album. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say for me, this is like really easy. I'll just stick to my non-queer because if I listen, my queer artists will be here all night. So it's like my non-queer would be um, definitely Lady Gaga for singer. And then like for rapper, I'd love to do like Iggy Azalea or Nicki Minaj. She just released uh, Pink Friday 2. Was that today? Yeah. I just saw that. Yeah. Yes, I did see that. I saw all the gays are getting obsessed with it. I've been, I've been, I literally got home from work and then like pretty much ate dinner and then got ready to do this. So like I haven't even had time to listen. Yeah, I dipped into it a little bit, but I, had, I didn't go too deep. But you know, she's a great art. Like her, that first album, that Pink Friday album, I think it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. From just a cultural perspective, but also musically, it's really interesting. And there's some really, really great tracks on that. Right. So if you had the opportunity to be signed to a major label, would you take it or would you rather stay independent? Um, I would take it. <laughs> I would take it um, because there are there are people and opportunities that are involved with that um, that you just can't get. Uh, now, whether whatever you have to sign off on um, to achieve that, that's a different question. Right. There's some sort of trade-off with your art or who they want you to be. Um, then that's that's a decision you'd have to internally make. Um, but I'm not super opposed to that, especially because coming as an independent artist, there's so much out there. Anybody can do anything. Um, anybody can put stuff out there. Um, there's kind of like an oversaturation of people putting stuff out there and not everything is great and not everything is great yet and not everything's ready to go out there yet. Um, and I think if you are at that point where you are ready and you get approached by a major label, um, you'd have to, you know, dig into the details. I took music business courses, you know, read your contract, make sure, you know, you're not doing like a 360 deal where they're going to take right. a bit of all of your shit. Um, make sure you can maintain your artistic integrity uh, and be able to run your own business. Um, you know, I, I, I would go for that, you know, if that option was ever on the table. Yeah. Um, for how long? Who knows? Um, but, you know, I would say, you know, what was that quote that like, uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So to be to get that chance of luck you just you know you have to be prepared and you have to be doing the thing every day um and then those opportunities can come by and when they do you can be ready for them um, right if you're if you're a, an artist there are so many scams and things like that out there all over the internet as well that i get approached by um you know we all do x amount and we'll do this for you and i'm like who who are you and what are this is not going to do anything for me um but people fall prey to that um so uh, you need to keep your like street wits um do some reading on music business and what that's all about yeah. um but yeah i i 
kind of went off on a tangent of, off the original yeah. question, but well, I mean, I, I would take it, but like in, in that realm, there are, I have been tempted by too good to be true offers and things. So, you know, always keep your, I have as well. You. Yeah. I mean, like I would say uh, to the point of that, reading that contract, you would have to be offering me a lot. Cause like, my thing is, I'm going to come in with my sound. And if you're going to be like, no, I want you to work with these six producers over here. Then I'm going to be like, then just drop me, drop me from your label. Cause like, I don't want to have to like, I want to do shit my way. That's literally why I did this podcast. Yeah. And you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to have yeah. a label today. Like yeah. my, all of my stuff is published through my own, through my own name. Um, and I maintain the, you know, the very few royalties uh, at the moment, but I retain all the copyright and all of that and yeah. all the publishing rights. So you have to have your, your, your business wits about you and you have to be right. smart about it. Um, any time that I upload any music online, um, I make sure I put it in with my publishing rights agency and I register that track and, and put the code in and everything that there, there's a lot of work. Um, involved in that that's not making music um, that you have to kind of be aware of. Otherwise, people can be shysters and and even a label can give you something that sounds too good, like so good to be true. And then, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. Right. And to that, um, people putting out not so great music, I'm going to say no comment because I've, I've shaded an artist on here where I said, like, I've literally not all the time but i have said like i think this sucks like because i used to be a fan of somebody and then i heard their newest single and like i listened to it and i'm like it was so melodyned and like auto-tuned and i'm like you can't sing like yeah if you're on if you're if you're on a two minute track and like or two minute and 30 minute track and half this half the track is auto-tuned or melodyned you can't fucking sing like that's <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know, simple. I'll use things like Melodyne if I have a really great take and a vocal take or something. Yeah. And that one note is just a little weird and you can kind of futz it. At, but that's not, yeah. But but you you, know, that's but it's not noticeable when you do it. Yeah, it's that's not noticeable. How it was meant to, how it was designed to be used. Like I heard it. You know, we, we can thank Cher for that. Yeah. <laughs> and literally, literally I heard that like, and then it was like one of his, and then it's like that, and I'm like, yeah, your producer, your producer fucking sucks. Cause like, <laughs> if I was there, I would have been like, no, you are redoing this. Cause I'm not putting this up on Spotify for everyone to stream. Yeah. And that's the other thing about like working with producers. Is I, when I went to school here, I, I went to school for music and I didn't formally finish my degree, but I have enough credits for a degree, but I just went all in on every music class that I could take and, and made myself the guinea pig and said, well, I, I, I'll, I'll learn how to record myself. I'll learn about recording vocals. Right. I'll learn about, you know, this and that. Um, and it's yeah. been really helpful because that I do all of my recording and I do all of my stuff, my own, I send it to a mastering studio so they can polish everything off and make it you know, radio friendly and streamable friendly. Um, but it, it's, 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 you should know all the different parts of the business. I know how to do it. Cause I went to school for audio engineering and music production. It's just not my strength. So I, yeah. 
rather work with somebody who's like oh, totally. that is their strength. to work in a studio that's amazing yeah. that's you can't recreate that in your house but yeah but yeah some of those younger independent artists that are just coming out coming up and might get approached and you know might be working with a producer that doesn't know what they're doing and then yeah makes decisions like that for their songs and yeah i mean it's it's all a learning process and here's the one thing that i will say children if somebody approaches you and says that you will have to pay to not only go into the studio but to go in and write your own music run for the fucking hills yeah just get yourself a microphone just use garage man that's what i that was my that's what i first used when i had no money i just had a laptop and i just used and recorded in a garage band and did some of my first songs in there um so you just got to use what you got to use and just yeah use use yourself you're the best thing you know all the things that you want to do and how you want it to be and how you want it to sound so just yeah educate yourself and in all those aspects so then you know if someone's you know if someone's doing a shitty job okay so let's see I'll do two more. Okay, so because you post a lot of pics in your underwear, do you think that people do take you as seriously as a musician? Yeah, I, I haven't noticed any um, any negative feedback on that front. Um, I'm I'm in the boat right now where you know I started to kind of get fit and work out and. Um, was vegetarian for a very long time, really tried to figure out all of the things and they all kind of came together mid and post pandemic when I had a lot of time to just focus on myself. Right. Um, and then, you know, started to get a lot of in attention on Instagram for posting pics and speedos and things like that. And I have fun doing it and, you know, everybody loves, you know, a few likes, um, as in terms of it being part of my music, uh, this, this past EP was a little melancholy, joyous, hopeful kind of feel. So I don't know if that vibe translated into the album. Um, but, you know, I'm always in the vibe of like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. Like, yeah. it's it's all one package. So, you know, maybe that was the missing piece. <laughs> that's that's what I honestly say. And like, it's uh, clearly I'm not judging you. I literally walk around half naked in drag. So like, I don't. I walk around with no pants all the time. I don't give a fuck. Like, if anyone takes me seriously as a musician, it's like, listen, I have the goods to back it up. That's all you need to know. That's literally how I feel. Yeah, and I, you know, I wish I would have had that confidence when I wasn't um, feeling so physically um, in shape. Um, because yeah. the more that I started to show a little bit more skin and started to be a little bit more confident. I started to notice other people with other body types and other things that were exuding that same confidence as me, but I wouldn't, I, I would have been so embarrassed, you know, if I was running around in a little speedo when, you know, when I was at my biggest, but it's, it's the, the expression of the body in all of its forms and accepting everyone's like beautiful individual personalities. And yeah, <clears throat> I, I, I applaud anyone showing any skin or trying to be a little scandalous. Um, it does remind me of like one of my favorite quotes from Terrence McKenna, where um, he talks about like the archaic revival and it talks about, you know, in the modern age, there's a resurgence of jazz and drugs and, 
uh, staying up, chatting in coffee shops all night and showing a little skin and, you know, dancing and all of that stuff is uh, things that are embedded really deep inside of us and kind of modern society has taken that all away. So anytime anybody yeah. is trying to do something to kind of like, you know, freak out the squares or buck the system a little bit or, or play with people's expectations. Um, I don't know if it's the older I get, I, I just applaud all of that. It's all, it, it makes life fun and interesting. Yeah. Cause like you have to get to like, I guess it is older, getting older, because, like, I will say, I don't know. So are you, you're in your 30s, right? Yeah, I'm in my I 30s. I don't want to. Okay. I'm in my I'm early almost, 30s. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to be there next year. I'm 29. <laughs> so, like. It only gets better, baby. Yeah. But, like. I get that. And it's like, it's literally, as you said, it was the pandemic where I basically said, like, I had this vision of wearing like bodysuits and all that. And I thought, oh, I can't do it because I'm skinny. And then I honestly just told myself, I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. As I, as I say, if people don't, if you don't like the way that I look, you don't got to fucking stare at me. Yeah. And I don't know. What's the other quote that like any, uh, any press bad press is good press because any press is good press so like any any attention even if they're like throwing you shade it's like ooh, you just captured their mind for a minute there exactly so what's the biggest misconception about you um biggest misconception about me well i don't really know i don't have a lot of people telling me this. So maybe I need to be asking my friends some questions. <laughs> but I think maybe that I um, am a and maybe just flippant um, and a little surface level. Um, but those roots run deep. I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very emotional. I'm very spiritual. I'm very like connected with, you know, the earth and the people and myself that I, I I don't know. The world sometimes gives me so much joy um, and gratitude to just be alive and be a part of this. Um, and I think that's why I I want to push myself to do these things: physical fitness or music or um, anything, any creative project. Is I, I want to. I'm, I'm so grateful to be here and alive and around here with y'all that the only thing to do is to like create and give and and put stuff out there which okay i'm gonna start with this simple point of anyone who thinks that anybody who actually writes their own music is superficial baby all you gotta do is like listen to the songs because like especially i will say this like some people are like oh but Nick's album Magnificent Obsession is so like bubbly and sweet. Um go listen to Rituals. Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. Like literally like that's all you have to do is listen to it. It's like yeah, some people have that bubbly approach. I will admit my approach is usually a little bit I say I write in like four modes. One of them's like anger, one of them's sadness. One of them's depression and like one of them is sluttiness. So it's like that's all that's all the modes, right? 
I don't know how to write happy though. That's well, <laughs> as somebody pointed out to me, like bloody mean happy. That's exactly what they said. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but like, yeah, all you have to do is listen. It's like if they're not making like just music, like I'm out at the club, I'm out at the club, I'm out at the club. Like, if there's more than that, duh. Yeah. Of course they have to be deep. Like I love a song where you're out at the club and you're just dancing yeah. and fun, but but I can't be that person all the time. So I need someone that does, I need something to listen to for when I'm not feeling like that person. No, you need, yeah. you need the yin, you need the yin for the yang, which is like something, especially on my album. It's like, so the, what I'm calling my album, I decided to call it, I'm um, confessions of a transvestite. And it's like literally just, it's kind of like my journey of like coming out from me like coming out to like i would say now and it's like like coming out I, being out out yeah <laughs> and like that's why it's like you're gonna have some like happy songs some angry songs some like sad songs some songs where i'm insecure it's like but that's the human experience. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought up the the Rituals album, the one that I did, yeah. that, um, which is kind of was one of my favorite things that I've ever done. And that that just kind of came out of like the ether to me. And I still go back and listen to that and go like, how how the fuck did I do that? Like, how <laughs> does this sound so cool? But it's dark. It's moody. Um, you know, there's a lot of experiences that I was going through at that time, uh, spiritual awakening that led to that album. Um, and it was really exciting to kind of put together and yet magnificent obsession. It's kind of like the, the yin to that yang, very yangy album. That's very kind of like rock oriented. It has a lot of guitar solo solos and it's a little aggressive. Um, so yeah, I, I lo also love when an artist is able to put on different hats and be uh, express all their different parts of their personality and one. Yeah. So I would say for me, this one's easy. This is the easiest question for me. It's always some people have told me that they think that I'm shady. I'm not shady. I'm blunt and honest, meaning like I get wanting to support people, but if I think you suck, I believe that I should tell you that I think you suck. Like Maybe not in those words, but like, yeah, sugarcoat a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah, there's a difference between being blunt um, and being shady. Um, if you're not being manipulative to anybody, no, I just I'd say my facts. There's a um, what is it? Somebody named okay, this one I'll name. There's a there's a rapper out in rapper slash go go dancer out in L.A. named Tokyo, and like. I hear his music and I'm like, I'm like, you are 30 something years old and all you're writing about is twerking and like getting fucked. Like have some artistry. You're not an artist. You're basically, you're the Cardi B of like gay rap. Like that's. Yeah. And it's almost like, is it just hopping on the trend of that? That's kind of what's popular. Um, and that's very tempting to do. Um, is oh this is this type of music is popular so i want to make songs like this or songs like this person does um and yeah it sounds like that person just kind of needs to figure out who what makes them unique within that I, set of you know 
just copying and pasting what uh, is popular, what another artist is doing. That's That was me during the pandemic. And then like once we got out of the pandemic and I stopped using beats that other people made and then I go went back to using my own beats, I'm like, oh, there we go. That's what I missed. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, you get that. You get all the different elements of yourself within the music too. The, the yeah. part of yourself that's grooving, like getting that beat together and the part of you that's, you know, trying to think of the lyrical line and the part of you that wants to put the other part together. It's all different parts of your personality. Yeah, because it's it's literally not rewarding. Anyone who's like, I just want to use beats to somebody else. No, it's not as rewarding. I can tell you that right now. It's literally just not. <laughs> and I understand beats are hard. Beats are hard. Yeah. But what, once you get a little groove going, then it's hard to resist not doing it yourself and wanting to keep going. Yeah. So anyway, with that being said, I know you got to go. So it was a pleasure getting to meet you. It was so nice. Thank you so much for having me on. It was so nice talking to you. Definitely. And I will say probably I'll like, I have some other questions here that I'll probably invite you back on at some point yeah. again, like come up with some other ones. Yeah, like, hopefully I'll have some new music coming up and, and we can ch chat about that. Yeah. Definitely. And with that being said, this is Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and I hope you've enjoyed.